Thanks, everybody. Um, so we're starting a new series uh, today called The Good Life. And uh, we're gonna be doing something a little bit different at the beginning of every, well, maybe not every week, but most weeks. We're gonna do a little poll together, okay? And this is how it's gonna work. I need every one of you to grab your phone. Go ahead and pull this puppy out. Every one of you. And if you eat at a restaurant these days, half the time, right, this is what you, how you get your menu. So we're gonna, look at that. I didn't even try and I already got it. <laughs> All right, so this is your QR code. So go ahead and, and get that on, uh, get that going. If, if the QR code is not something you're familiar with, you're not sure how to do that, you can pull up your web, a web page and just type in sendsteps.me, S-E-N-D-S-T-E-P-S dot me. Okay, so get this QR code. Oh, and by the way, uh, Rutledge told me that when he did the QR code, it made him, it, it worked for, for some of us, but for him, it made him go and he had to like do a password and all that kind of stuff. If, has that happened to anybody? No? Okay, it's just Mike, he's special. So, all right. I was gonna say, if that does happen to you, then you can just go ahead and go to the webpage and type in sendsteps.me. Okay, while you're doing that, make sure everybody gets that. Hey, just one real quick announcement, just to remind you, so last, this last Wednesday, we did a workshop from the Unstuck series. You know, we talked about the different practices. So we talked about just how to actually make the word of God something personal in your interaction and how to, man, it was fantastic. We had, we packed out the room, uh, hardly any room left. This Wednesday, we're gonna talk about one of the ways, right, that we can kind of fight our own flesh is with fasting, and, uh, and this is a practice that has been normal for the church for hundreds of years, but not too normal now. And so we're gonna do a workshop on that. That'll be this Wednesday. It's at 7, uh, 6.30 to 8.30, five bucks. We have to do dinner together and then we'll hang out. You can go to our website, go to the app and sign up for that if you'd like to join us this Wednesday for a workshop on how fasting actually works. All right. Okay, everybody good? Okay, so here's, here's what we're gonna do. We have a little poll question. And once it comes up, You'll have 30 seconds. It'll pop up. Once it pops up here, then it'll pop up on your phone and you'll have 30 seconds to answer that question. And we're just gonna see uh, what, what our answers are within our own community, all right? So here's the first question. What is the good life, okay? What is the good life? Here are your options. Happiness, success, fulfillment, or love? There's only one right answer. <laughs> Kidding, pick the one that you feel is the good life. You got eight seconds. All right. Okay, K2, the church, what is the good life? Nobody wants to succeed at anything. Beautiful. Beautiful. And we all just did that because we're in church and we knew that wasn't the right answer, right? Because I, I actually, it's kind of fun. I actually went on Google, and I'm gonna share this a little bit later, and typed in, what is the good life? Believe me, the second answer gets a pretty good, uh, good, uh, good answer. But okay, so we got love at 51%, fulfillment at 33%, happiness at 12%. All right, so here's your second question. Then, If that's the good life, here's the second question. Can you have the good life by yourself. Can you have the good life by yourself? 
This one, you only got 15 seconds, so you better hurry up. There's only two options. We cut it in half. Can you have the good life by yourself? Yeah. All right. And, and, and so seriously, guys, when I looked up Google, here's, here, there was, it's very interesting. If you want some entertainment, uh, just look up what is the good life um, on Google. But it was, here's, I would say the answers, when you culminate them, I, I, this one definition or answer I thought was pretty good. Kind of was a good uh, representation of what I would find. It said, living the good life means living a life that sets you free, a life that satisfies and fulfills you, that adds happiness, joy, and a sense of purpose to your life. But it also means to live a life that's worthwhile, a life that makes a contribution instead of being solely self-centered. How's that for an answer? Okay, and that, that was not, that's not a Christian answer. <laughs> and really, when you look and see what people are saying is the good life, a lot of what you see in there is what Jesus Christ is actually all about. Something inside of people realizes, if I really want to experience the good life, the things they're saying are the things that Jesus is revealing. And so the question is, again, if that's the case, then why aren't the people in the world flocking to Jesus? <laughs> and I was talking with a good friend again this morning about that. And, and even, I would say, the followers, even people who believe in Jesus, what, what, what are we creating as a, as a community of people that's helping us experience the good life? And what are we doing as a group of people that would help reveal to the rest of the world, this is the good life. And so what we're gonna do is, uh, we were talking about this with, with the team, and, and we've just done this throughout our, our 19 years. You guys believe we've been around 19 years. Um, is we're actually gonna go through a book of the Bible. We don't always do that a lot, but we're gonna actually go through the book of 1 John, okay? And um, wow, we got little, little moans going on there. All right. So I, I love this book. Uh, I think it's fantastic. And, and it's interesting because there's a couple themes. No, there's three themes. And, and I really did see these when we were looking it through. And then I, as I was studying, these three things kept popping up that you'll discover in 1 John. And what he's really, the whole purpose of the book, John, who was one of Jesus' disciples and his apostles, when he wrote the gospel of John, right, which is the story of Jesus, he actually said why he wrote it. And the gospel of John was written so that you might have eternal life. That's the whole reason he did this. He goes, you can actually have eternal life. I want you to have it. I wrote this so you could see who Jesus is, so you could experience the good life, the eternal life. But then he says why he wrote First John, and he wrote the letter of First John so that we might, I'm sorry, so that we might know that we have eternal life. So that you might know it, so you might have the assurance of it. Like, in other words, what is this good life? What does it look like? And are we actually experiencing it together? And are we representing it well to the rest of the world? And so there was a huge conflict going within the church. There were people who held different beliefs different beliefs about Jesus, which therefore caused there to be some really funky behaviors that were going on, and it was causing division within the church. So the church was dividing. The church was also not functioning in a healthy way. And the church was just believing stuff that wasn't really true about Jesus. And John was going, and I know because I spent three years with him. 
I spent three years with him. I know who he is. So I want you to know who he is. And here were the three themes so that you might have true belief in him because you can believe wrong things about him. So I want to, what are some true things that we can know about him? And then so that we can actually truly walk with him, obey him. So we're actually living in a way that's in sync with Jesus so that we look that way and that we actually have true love for each other so that we really have true love for what is love. So man, as we go through this book, I, and that's what I love about it, we are gonna see what true love is. And that's a big part of why we wanted to do this series because we wanna be a church that's actually experiencing the true Jesus in his true way. And when he said, I am the way, what is that way? And then we wanna experience the true love. Amen? Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. And, and our hope is, you guys, is that we would be as beautiful as he is and that, that we would actually be an aroma to the rest of the world like he was so the world could actually see how good he is, all right? Now, I love it because in this, in this passage, I'm just gonna, the, the, the message today is, I titled it, The Good Life is Shared, okay? The Good Life is Shared. And it means together. It's a, it's a common experience, okay? And it's just the first four verses. And so, um, can I just pray for us uh, real quick? Because again, it's so, so weird for me. I sit with this thing all week long. I spend hours on it. I try to put it together in a way that's gonna make sense and be clear to you guys. And I just gotta tell you, I started off in one direction and all week long, I just kind of turned me in a, in, a, in a different direction of emphasis this week. So, um, okay. So here we go. All right. So God, you love us. And you love the world. And Jesus, you have done everything, everything that's needed to reconcile us back into a relationship with the living God so that we can know you, so we can experience you, so we can live a life on this earth. And Jesus, even as you taught us to pray and ask that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will can be done on earth. And Jesus, it happens when we know you and when we follow you and when we let you have your way with us and we love your way. So God, I just wanna ask in these minutes that we have together, um, you're the one, you are, you're the one who shines your light into our hearts so that we can see the light of your glory in the face of Christ. And God, I just, for anyone who's here tonight, anybody who's watching, um, that you might just be beautiful again tonight or maybe for the first time. That's my hope. So God, help us tonight to be a group of people who know you, who experience you, and who reflect you to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. First John, this is kind of his intro to his letter to these people. He says, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and we testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. 
And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we write this to make our joy complete. Anybody put joy on your answer up there? (laughs) You know, here's the point. Joy's great. (laughs) And he's saying, I'm writing this. So this whole time that we're gonna spend together is so that our joy can be complete. And I really think when he was saying our, he meant everybody, everybody he was proclaiming to. He's like, I want your joy to be complete. I want my joy to be complete. And guys, this is the good life. Part of the good life, obviously, is complete joy. All right? So here's the first thing that I wanna show you um, out of this passage, and that is this. That Jesus Christ is the good life. He is the good life, okay? And this is kind of the, some of the stuff we have to grasp. So when we wanna talk about what do we believe about Jesus? Here's John going, well, let me tell you about him. Because I lived with him for three years, Okay. What's the first thing he says about Jesus? Why is Jesus Christ the good life? He says, that which was from the beginning. So Jesus was from the beginning. In his gospel, he put it this way. He said, in the beginning was the word and and the word was with God in the beginning. And then he says, and through him, all things were made. So, So part of the uniqueness about Jesus is he's not like us. He didn't all of a sudden come to be. He has always Ben. In fact, listen to this amazing thing that Jesus prayed right before he, he left the earth. He said, Father, this is John 17, 5. He says, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Anybody else want to make that statement? Come on, man. If anybody made that statement, we say, you, okay, you, you have a mental issue, right? This whole Lord, you're a liar, Jesus or you're a lunatic, or you are who you say you are. So the first thing that we realize when we say, how is Jesus the good life? Well, he's the good life because he's the one who created life. He was before any of this. And all of this is his idea. And he's the one who given it. He is unique, obviously, in that statement. And then John goes, how is Jesus Christ the good life? He says, we pro- this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Okay. Now, bear with me in here, because this is the stuff, again, where believing what's really true about Jesus is so fascinating and wonderful. When he uses the word, okay, in the Greek world at that time, when they heard the word, what that meant was the organizing principle and power of which all things exist and have their being. What's the word? The word is the organizing principle. It's that It's the force. It's what we call, many people will call the universe today, right? They they believe there's some kind of force that actually is the organizing principle and power of which all things exist and have their being. Here's here's another simpler way somebody put it. The word to the Greek meant the meaning, the reason, and the purpose of it all. The meaning, the reason, and the purpose of it all. So when the Greeks were trying to figure out why are we here, what's this all about, and what is the good life? They called the word is the one who created all that. The word is the one who gives us our meaning. And so John comes up here and he goes, hey, can I tell you about the word? The word of life? 
The word of life was with the Father in the beginning. This is who Jesus Christ is, you guys. He is. So you can now say, Jesus knows the meaning and the reason and the purpose of life. And if he does, then he knows what is the good life because he's the one who created it. It's his idea and he is the source of it all. And what is he? He says he's the word. So he's the organizing principle, the meaning and the reason and the purpose of everything that exists. And he's the word of life. See, since Jesus was before all things, he created all things. Life has its origin in him. He is the giver, the source of life. And if he's the one who created life, if he's the source of life, then when you look at Jesus, here's what John was saying, is now he's revealing his character and his nature and his essence. So how do I know what's good? Well, then we look to the creator of life. And how can we see what's good? Because of Jesus' character and his nature and his essence. He's the source of life, the word of life. So we find our meaning and our reason and our purpose. And so I go back and what were people saying? Well, what's the good life? Part of it is discovering that. (laughs) And everybody's looking for it. What is the meaning? What is the fulfillment? What is the purpose of my life? And so he says, Jesus is, why is he the good life? Because he's that which was from the beginning. He is the word of life. And then he says, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father. When we were coming up with our questions, one of the other questions we thought about asking you is what is eternal life? What is eternal life? Can I just ask you, how many of you would have said Jesus Christ? Oh, my wife rose her hand. (laughs) Okay, like like four of you. See, I don't... I I think I'm going to share with you another place because another place Jesus said, this is eternal life that you know, the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. We'll get to that in a second. But look at this, you guys, this is fascinating. Anybody in here want eternal life? Everybody wants eternal life. What is eternal life? Jesus. Jesus is. We proclaim to you the eternal life. Because here's what all of us know. You don't have it, and I don't have it. We don't possess it. We need to receive it. And Jesus is the eternal life. He is the source. Therefore, he's the one who can give it to us. He's the essence of it. Everything that's right and good and true about Jesus. And that's why he said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the what? I am the life. Jesus Christ is the good life. It's him. It's a person. And it's a relationship. So John 1, 2 says in in his gospel, he put it in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. And then, so now you got to capture this. I, it's kind of hard because we, we're not in Greek culture and stuff. But if, if people are reading this back in that day, they're going, okay, great. We totally, understand, this is, we totally understand what we believe the word is. And then John says this amazing thing. The life 
appeared and we have seen it and testify to it. Okay. What? The meaning of life appeared? The reason for life appeared. (laughs) The whole organizing principle of why we're here showed up. And you guys, this is John's whole message. Yes, we have seen it and we testify to it, right? He goes, I saw it. I heard it. I touched it. I have experienced eternal life in the flesh and it's Jesus. And then like in Hebrews 1.3, it says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And so the life that God gives and the life that he is was revealed historically, physically in Jesus Christ. This is the message. What's the good life? John's like, Jesus. Do you want to know, you want to, you want to know what the good life is? Look at the life of Jesus. Because we've seen it and we've it tasted it. And now we can know What is the good life? So what's all this mean? (laughs) See, and this is is why John, as we go through the book, John's constantly going, man, there's there's people who didn't believe this. They didn't believe that Jesus came in the flesh. They believed he was like a ghost. That didn't really happen. We didn't really see him. That's not who he was. They didn't believe that spirit, it was called Gnosticism. They didn't believe that spirit and flesh could actually be together because flesh was evil. And so you had to separate yourself from that. And they believed there was a super spiritual experience that you had to have to understand things. And John's like, that's a bunch of baloney. It's just not true. God came in the flesh and we've seen him and we heard him and we've touched him. And it's the good life. So what does this mean? It means that all that exists, exists because of Jesus Christ. He is the creator of all things, and he's the very source of life. And he's not only the designer and the mind behind the whole thing, which he is. Therefore, he's the one who has all understanding and all knowledge, right? So we're we're like, what should I do? And how should I live? And Jesus is like, I know, because I created it but he's also, you guys, the source of it. And so if you want life, the good life and eternal life, Jesus is the power behind it. He's the one who brought it all into existence and he brings it into existence today. It's actually, he's offering, he came to this earth so that he could offer us himself that we could actually know Christ and therefore know eternal life, that we could experience it. And that's why this one theme, your true belief about who Jesus is actually matters, that he wasn't just a good teacher or a good guy. He was fantastic at those things. No, he was the word made flesh. And we've seen it. Jesus Christ is the good life, period. That's the Christian message, okay? Now, then we get into this next thing. The good life, though, is shared with God. The good life is shared with God. So in John 1, 1, what do you say? That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. 
What's, what's John saying? He goes, I shared life with Jesus, man. I experienced him. That's what he's saying. And here's his main point. His main point is that the word of life can be known and it can be experienced by people. That's his message. Now, here's what's important. Because we could say, well, yeah, John, great. You got to run around with him, <laughs> right? Anybody else in here would have liked to walk around with Jesus? That, that would have been pretty amazing. And how cool that Jesus says, hey, this ain't nothing. This ain't nothing. Because right now, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to Karen. Because I'm talking to Karen, I can't really talk to JJ. I can't do both at the same time. He goes, so you know what's gonna happen? I'm actually going to come and dwell inside every one of you. Okay, so look what he says here. When John writes this letter, Jesus has risen and he has ascended into heaven. And then he says this beautiful thing in verse three. Our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Not our fellowship was with Jesus. Our fellowship, what? Is. It is. John was experiencing Jesus. He was experiencing eternal life. He was experiencing the power of God inside his being, and he's using we. The others were experiencing it too, which we'll get into in such a second. So he says, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. So what is fellowship, okay? And so I always make fun of this because I'm Methodist, and I grew up in Methodist, and we had the fellowship hall with donuts and coffee, right? So, yeah, and we love donuts and coffee, yes. But you know what the word fellowship means, you guys? It means a common sharing. That's why I said the good life is shared. It's a mutual experience and a participation. I love this. A mutual participation in a common cause or a shared life. That's what fellowship is. In fact, the koinonia, which is the Greek word, in the Greek, it was used for the term to express the most intimate kinds of human relationships. I know you. Right, this is a sports team. This is what is a sport team. Did you know that you were experiencing fellowship together? But that's what a sports team is. You're sharing this experience together and it's a common mutual effort, okay? One of the greatest movies, right, that we all love is the fellowship of the, the fellowship of the rings. That's the first book, right? In the Lord of the Rings. Why was it the first book? Because it was the story of what? people, different people from all different parts of the world coming together to create a fellowship. They were going to share this experience, this adventure, and they did it. Everything they went through, they went through together. Does this make sense? And here's what John just says. We fellowship with God. We share life with God. We have him in our lives. We go through every moment of all of our days with the word of life. And we're sharing that experience with him. This is amazing, you guys. So John 17, three, he puts it this way. Jesus, when he was praying, he said, now this is, and I shared this earlier, this is eternal life, right? Which is Jesus. But he goes, this is eternal life that you know, that they know you the only true God and Jesus whom you've sent. So if Jesus Christ is eternal life, 
Now he's saying, this is eternal life for you and for me, that we know eternal life, that we share in Jesus' life. And Jesus shares his life with us. Now, if you you know, if you're close to me or there was a season here where I was sharing this a lot, guys, this is the most fascinating, wonderful thing to me because it's eternal life for crying out loud. This is the good life. Jesus came, right? He says, I came so you would have life and life to the full. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. I came to give people life and I'm it. I'm it. So let's experience this. Do you guys there's two words in the Greek for no again. So let me just, if you guys have heard me, sorry, but this is so important. One is gnosis and it's head knowledge. And we can learn things about God. We can learn things about people, but that's not intimacy. When Jesus says you can have eternal life and it's knowing God, it's the word gnosko in the Greek. And it means to know experientially. It means to know relationally. He goes, that's eternal life. So I share this all the time. It's how I know my wife. I know Susie. Some of you in this room, I know pretty well. Now, why do I know Susie better than any of you? And why do I know some of you in this room pretty well? You know why? Because I have let that woman into my life. And she has gotten in to the deepest and most intimate parts of who I am. And I have wanted to get into her life and she has let me. And we share life, intimacy. And what Jesus is saying is, when you let me into your life, you experience me and you will have the good life. That's eternal life. Not that you learn things about me, but don't let me in your life. That is not eternal life. Does that make sense? You can sit and I could read books about Susie. I don't want to read books about Susie. I want to hang out with Susie. I want to be with her and I want to experience all the dreams and the things she's going through. And I want her in my life and I, want, I need her in my life. Help me, babe, right? Yes, that's eternal life. And so he says, since Jesus Christ is the good life, he says, for those who received him. So by faith, we actually receive Christ and his very spirit comes in and becomes one with his spirit. And now everything that Jesus is, we have. That's incredible. And that's why in Ephesians 1, it tells us you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. How? In Christ, because he is everything that's right and good and beautiful and true. He is the good life. And then you receive him into your life and he takes residence. You are born, he says, of my spirit and you're my child. And now you have it. You have eternal life. Isn't that great? And what'd you do? He says, and quit trying to work for it. Quit trying to be better. Just put your faith in me, trust me, and receive me. Just say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And he comes in. And when he comes in, he happens to be God, by the way. So he kind of takes control, which is one of the things that happens. But that's what we were created for. 
is to have God actually giving us his lordship, his control, and his goodness. So man, I, you know, I, I say this, it's so interesting. Half the time, you guys, are so, this was so crazy to me. When, when Paul is trying to write about this and the other writers in the New Testament, they're trying to explain what this is all about because it's a mystery. He says, this is a mystery. Christ in you is a mystery. And it's the hope of glory, the hope of a good life, the hope, not just of eternal glory, but the hope of glory right now. If anybody wants to live a glorious life, Jesus is saying, and it's Christ in you. And I just thought, isn't it weird that half the time he says Christ is in us? And then the other half the time he says, you're in Christ. And I'm like, well, which one is it? Is Christ in me or am I in Christ? He's like, yes. Yes. See, because there's a union that happened. I often say this. Mariah's sitting over here. She's my daughter. What is she? She is one cell from Susie and one cell from me. That's crazy. And then those two cells came together. And what do we call that? A new creation. And now she's, and you can't separate my cells from Mariah or Susie's cell. No, she is a new creation. You guys, you know why God did this? He wanted us to understand what the spiritual union is like with him. That when we receive him, we become what? A, if anyone's in Christ, they are a new Creation. Why? Because your spirit just got unified with his spirit and you're, a, you're new. You're born again, Jesus called it. The guy who created everything. The word of life. Tell me, can I tell you the meaning of life? Here's the meaning and the purpose of life. You're supposed to be with me and I'm supposed to be with you. And we're supposed to be like this. And when that happens, that's eternal life. And then he goes, and it's a gift. Just receive it. Now, here's what's interesting. Once you receive it, then the writers go, oh, I pray that you'd know him more and know him more, right? Because when I married Susie, did I know her? Yeah, Bryson's like, hmm? yeah. and, and that's true. I, 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 by the way, we got engaged after like six weeks. So follow my path, guys, if you want some marital counseling, premarital counseling. No, so I mean, I, I knew her, but man, after all of our years of marriage, now I know her. And I got hopefully 30 more. And then I'm really going to know her. So we can know him more. So how does Christ get in my life? Well, he gets in my relationships. He gives him my identity. Who are you? Who are you? Who can tell you but the one who created you? Every person's trying to figure out, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? What's my purpose? How do I find fulfillment? And Jesus is up there going, I know. I know, let me in and let me tell you your identity. Let me tell you who you are. Let me fulfill the reason that you are on this planet. So you bring him in and he affects your identity and then he affects your relationships. Because now Jesus, the one who knows what life is all about, he's living inside of me and now he knows how to make relationships work, which we'll get to in just a second. You bring him into your work. You bring him into your sin. Jesus, come into my sin. Come into my brokenness. And what's he do when he gets in there? He goes, oh, thank you. I forgive you. I forgive you and I cleanse you. And I set you free so that you can grow. Bring him into your sin. Bring him into your hopes and your dreams, your work, your finances, your sex, all that kind of stuff. But here's the other side. I don't just bring Jesus into my life. I get into his life. I find out who he is. Just like I let Susie into my life, but I got to get into her life. So who's Jesus? And we find out, wow, 
You guys, he has a love that isn't human. So if I'm gonna follow Jesus and I'm gonna get into his life, I gotta love my enemies? Interesting. I gotta love people who aren't like me? Who aren't in the same social economic status as me? Who don't have the same skin color as me? I gotta love people who don't like what I like? And, uh, but that's who he is. And he calls us into himself and he sets us free from ourselves. And now we can join in his love. We can join in his compassion like Alfred. You're just, Alfred, you just bleed this. But that's Jesus. That's because Jesus bleeds this. So we get into his life and we're compassionate and you're humble and you're a servant now. You don't live for yourself. You're, you're, you're his ambassador too. He goes, you're my ambassador. So share this with everybody, which is what John does here. I'm writing this and I'm proclaiming this and I'm testifying to this because I've experienced the word of life and I can't let everybody else know. Okay. You guys, Jesus Christ is the good life and the good life is shared with God. Make sense? That's what eternal life is. We share it with him, okay? And that's why, to be honest with you, this second theme we're gonna see throughout this whole book. That's why John says, it actually matters that you say yes to God, you guys. <laughs> it actually matters because if you say you follow Jesus or the Jesus is inside of you, but you don't do anything he says, then he, you're gonna see this next, next week, actually, when Rutz is Rutz teaching. You can say you have fellowship with God, but if you just live in the opposite ways of who he is, you're actually lying to yourself, he says. <laughs> So it's actually, you're going to see it matters what we do. The way we live matters, or we don't show the world Jesus at all. We can claim him. You know why people don't want to be a part of Jesus? They don't even have a problem with Jesus. What do they have a problem with? Yeah, his followers. It's, it's with the church because we need to look like him, okay? All right, and then what is his way? Last point, what's his way? What is his essence? We're going to see in, the, in 1 John. John goes, God is love. He is love. And then we're going to see, he says, so here's, here, here's what's interesting. All the law, right? Jesus said all the law hangs on these two things. Love God and love one another. All my laws actually are all about that. And so we build on the foundation of love. Everything that happens is built on love. So here's what's interesting. Think about this. If two people actually receive Christ, okay? So you put your faith in Christ and now I'm fellowshipping with Jesus. He's living inside of me. And Bryson receives Christ and he's got Jesus living inside of him. What's the result? If his way is love and two people receive Jesus and they run into each other, what happens? We love each other. You know what happens? The church. The church. See, the guys, the church are people who have received eternal life. They've received Christ. And as you're going to see in this book, he goes, and so the whole thing, you guys, and that's why John says this. Here's the, here's the last thing. The good life is shared with each other. The good life is shared with each other. It is so many times in here, he's going to say, you can say you love God. He goes, if you love God and you hate your brother, you don't love God. Because the love of God is inside of you, so you love each other. <laughs> In fact, how do I show you I love you, God? By loving everybody else. That's how you do this. 
And so if two people are filled with the love of God inside and we come together, then community happens. That's what happens. The Holy Spirit fills people up with his love and we immediately go like this. And this is why what we're doing and who we are matters. And that's why the third theme in this book is, you guys, there's people claiming to be like Jesus, but they don't, they don't love anybody. How can it be, he's gonna say. It just can't be. If Jesus is in us, he is creating. In fact, in Ephesians 1, again, it says that God purposed Christ for this reason, to bring everything in unity underneath him. So his whole goal, you guys, was to create a community of people who are filled with love so that when we brother in with each other, I give you the love that Jesus gave me. I accept you the way he accepted me. And you accept me the way that he accepted you. <laughs> And we forgive each other the way that we've been forgiven. And we speak truth and grace to one another the way he does it to us. And it's supposed to be creating this community of people all over the world where the rest of the world can go. What is the good life? And they're actually supposed to look and find it where? In the church, in us. And here's how John said it. He goes, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. We want you, guys, we want you to share life with us. Why? Because we fellowship with the Father and with Jesus. We are experiencing the reason, the meaning, the word of life. We have him and we share our life with him. And it causes us to share life with each other. And we want you to come and fellowship with us. Because if you do, you're going to fellowship with God and you will find the good life. You guys, the world needs us so bad. This was Jesus' plan. This was his whole purpose of the cross, to create us a group of people. So you guys, as we go through this series, let's take, let's take these things serious. What do you really believe about Jesus? Is he the source of life? Is he the only source of eternal life? Is he the one who came to give it to us to come and reside in us? Are you fellowshipping with him? Are you sharing your life with him? And are you sharing in his life? And I say this, but it's true. Or do we just go to church? See, this is why partly why we started doing 167. It's like we get so duped into thinking I can come in, punch my ticket for an hour and follow Jesus. The following of Jesus is going to happen as soon as we walk out of this door. We can love each other, which is important here. We can worship him. We can receive from him. But man, the life is lived out there because the world needs to see and hear and touch and realize that Jesus Christ is the good life. Amen? All right. So band, come on up. And, uh, and we're going to worship and we're going to worship. Why do we do this, <laughs> right? I, again, uh, sometimes we think it's like, well, that's just because that's what you do at church. You sing songs, you know. Um, I don't know. No, we don't sing. So I mean, the reason, you guys, God has given us this gift. If everything's created by him, he, he gave us this gift of music with truth. And some of the words to these songs are so beautiful because when you put the truth with the music, it goes here. It, it does help you think about what's true about God. That's part of the reason why I know it's important for me to worship. Because sometimes, 
like you and me, we start doubting who he is. If he's really good, does he really care? And when we worship, we put him back up in his rightful spot. You are these things. And then he says, and I inhabit that praise. And then I remind you in your heart, I do love you. And I am for you. And I am with you. And you have me. Let's do this thing together. All right? So let's stand together and let's worship and unite our hearts with the word of life.